Welcome to the Prize Podcast, where we talk about living out the Christian faith in sports and learn what it means to compete for Christ. I'm your host, Maddie Wiltsey, a basketball player at the University of Nebraska Kearney. The upcoming episodes of this podcast will be interviews with Nebraska Kearney coaches and athletes to learn how they use sports to glorify God and keep their eyes on the true prize. 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27 reads, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. In today's sports culture, the goal for athletes is to win and be successful. Think about it. Most of the time we're striving for a banner on the wall in our gym, a medal or a trophy, a championship ring. All of these goals propel us and push us to work hard and be our best. But these goals and the success of sports are temporary and unfulfilling. As I think back to my high school career, I remember the time that we got third place my freshman year in the state volleyball tournament. And we were excited and we celebrated. But in a day or two, I realized, man, I got to get back to work because this wasn't enough. Next year, we have to win it all. And this is how it always is with sports. We set goals and we work to achieve them. And if we accomplish them, we realize, you know what? That's not enough. There's something more that we have to chase after. But contrary to the world, as Christians, we strive for a much greater prize, an eternal prize. For us, our goal is to conform to the image of Christ through competition. Our aim is a relationship with Jesus. Our reward is in heaven, not on this earth. This eternal prize is what we are after, an eternal prize for the faithful servants of Christ. This alone will satisfy us and fill us. As Paul talks about, we are disciplined in our training, both athletically and spiritually, because we know that we have a purpose beyond our sport. We work as hard as we can while we are working at our sport, but at the same time, we are also pursuing Christ with all of our hearts. We know that God has given us a purpose. Ephesians 2 tells us that God has good works that he prepared for us long ago. We know that in Christ, we have a purpose beyond our sport, that we are more than just athletes. Therefore, we are striving and pursuing more than just the temporary prizes that the world is chasing after. So if this is the case, may we all compete for Christ, who is our ultimate prize. I haven't always understood what it means to compete for Christ and to keep my eyes fixed on this eternal prize rather than on the worldly prizes that everybody else in the sports world seems to focus on. In high school, I got caught up in the pressure of sports, the pressure to prove myself and to prove that I was worth something because of how good I was at my sport. I oftentimes played really tense because I was so afraid of failing and of making mistakes. And ultimately, I was playing to please the people around me, my coaches, teammates, community, family, friends, all of them. I was playing for the people watching the game. While getting caught up in all of this, I ended up losing my joy for the game of basketball. 
I was constantly fighting lies in my head that I wasn't skilled enough, strong enough, competitive enough, or even capable of becoming the great basketball player that I wanted to become. So why did I even keep playing? Why did I even go on to play college ball? Well, the number one reason is that I was drawn to UNK because of the people. When the coaches were recruiting me, they made it clear that they didn't just want me for my athletic abilities, but rather they wanted me for my character and for who I was as a person. To me, this was mind-blowing. This was unlike anything I had seen in any other program and even what I, have, what I had heard of from other girls who had gone on to play college basketball. So I was immediately drawn to the program, to the people, and to the culture here. And ultimately, I really wanted to get my love and my passion back for the game of basketball, and I just knew that I could if I kept on playing. So I chose to come to UNK, which is one of the best decisions I have ever made. Within the first couple weeks of being at UNK, I started to realize, wow, this is fun. I'm actually enjoying playing basketball. I ended up having a conversation with my coach and I realized that although I have these tangible physical goals for the kind of basketball player I want to become, my number one goal is to be able to play free, to play free from the pressures, to live up to the expectations that everybody else has for me, free from the need to gain the approval of people watching and ultimately free from all of the lies in my mind that tell me that I'm only as good as what my athletic accomplishments are. After this conversation with my coach, this began my journey of being able to play free. Now, ultimately, being able to play free starts with an understanding that we have freedom in Christ. First and foremost, Jesus' death and resurrection paid the price that we deserve. He paid for the penalty for our sins. Therefore, we are set free from death and set free from the penalty that we deserve. Next, the freedom in Christ means that we are free from the sins that rule our life. We no longer have to live the way of our old lives and our old selves. When there are behaviors and thoughts and actions about us that don't line up with God's character, through the power of Christ, the Holy Spirit transforms us so that we don't have to keep living in the cycle of our sins. And finally, we have freedom from worldly pressure because we are confident in our identity in Christ. For me, this was the biggest turning point in my walk with the Lord is when I did a study on the book of Ephesians. And the study was all about my identity in Christ. And through this study, I learned that I am chosen by the King of Kings that I am loved, I am pursued, I am purpose-filled. There is a purpose for everything that happens in my life. I am created for good works, which God had planned before time even started. And ultimately, I learned that I am fully known and fully loved. The creator of all things knows every piece of me. He knows all of my thoughts. He knows what's in my heart. He even knows the number of hairs on my head. He knows all of me, the good and the bad. And yet he loves all of me. He loves me so much that he was willing to die on the cross so that he could spend eternity with me. And he did the same for every single one of you. Once we realize that our identity is in Christ and not in our sport, not in the labels that other people put on us, this is when true freedom starts to happen in our lives. 
So with this freedom in Christ, my coach began talking to me about how Jesus died so that I could have life abundantly in all aspects of my life, not just in some, not just life abundantly at church or life abundantly with my friends, but in every area of my life. And this includes basketball. This includes sports. Jesus said that the truth will set you free. And we're also told that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus Christ will set us free. And this is what I had begun to realize. Now, this freedom that I was seeking, being able to play free in basketball, was a freedom from the pressure to prove myself, the freedom from the lies that told me that I was only, as, only worth as much as my basketball career and my athletic accomplishments, and freedom from the fear of failure. With all of these things, I began my journey to freedom in sports. And ultimately, this journey is not simply about thinking positive thoughts and believing in myself. Rather, it's about letting God transform the way that I think. Romans 12, 2 talks about how we are not called to be conformed to the world, but rather transformed by the renewal of our mind. We are called to a much higher way of living than the way that everybody else around us lives. So that includes sports as well, that God could transform the way that I think in sports so that ultimately I could play for an audience of one and give glory to him. I also decided that it was time to fight the battle that was taking place inside my mind. Ephesians 6 talks about how our fight is not against flesh and blood enemies, rather it's against the devil and the evil spiritual forces. The enemy is real, and he knows that in the end, Jesus has the victory. But if he can't stop Jesus, then in this lifetime, he's going to do everything he possibly can to pull people away from Christ. So I knew that it was time to fight this battle against the lies inside my head, the lies telling me that I would never be good enough, that I could never accomplish my goals, and that I was only worth whatever other people told me about my career and about my athletic abilities. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us the good news that Jesus already has the victory. So I knew that I was fighting a battle against the enemy but I can stand confidently with assurance because I know that the God who I serve and the God who lives within me already has the victory over the enemy. I'm fighting a winning battle. In this battle, I have confidence because the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is the same power that lives inside of me. Knowing that allows me to remain in God's presence all the time, and I'm able to invite him into every aspect of my life especially onto the basketball court. So with this, I began to be very intentional about living out my faith through my sport. Now, living out faith in sports is not an easy thing to do. In fact, it's contrary to the way that culture teaches us to play sports. Aside from battling cultural pressures, living out faith in sports is also a daily battle against our fleshly desires that tempt us to be prideful and self-centered. So if it's this challenging, why should we compete for Christ? Well, the first thing is that once you become a Christian, your faith becomes a part of everything you do. Your life is no longer compartmentalized where your faith is at church, your family's at home, and then your sports are over in a different category. But rather, your faith becomes a part of every single aspect of your life. This is because of the power of the gospel. When we realize the weight of our sin, 
our need for Jesus, and the life-saving power of his sacrifice on the cross, we can't help but respond with gratitude and worship. Because of who God is and what Jesus did to save us, he deserves all the glory, not us. Sports are a platform that we can use to glorify God, give thanks for the talents he has blessed us with, and point others to him. And the second thing is that there is no identity or self-worth or value that lasts in sports. Sports create a unique culture where you feel like you belong. And sports give you a, they ultimately do give you an identity, but it's a worldly identity that doesn't last. In order for me to find joy in sport and find purpose in sport, I needed to know that I had a calling and a purpose beyond my athletic abilities. And this is what all of us have in Christ. When we know who we are in Christ, we know our identity in him. We are able to see beyond our athletic career and ultimately to know that our worth and our value comes from what the King of Kings says about us, not about what the crowd or our coaches or even our teammates say about who we are and the kind of athlete that we are. So what does it look like to actually live out faith in sports? For me, there's a few things that I, be, that I try to be intentional about doing. Colossians 3.23 calls us to work as hard as we can for the Lord and not for human masters. So I work as hard as I possibly can at my sport because I know that ultimately I am working for Christ and not for the people around me. Galatians 1.10 tells us that we are called to not seek the approval of men, but seek the approval of God. This reminds me that ultimately I am playing for an audience of one, and it doesn't matter if I have the approval of the people around me because God's approval and God's opinion of me is ultimately the one that matters. John 13:35 tells Jesus told his disciples that others would know that they are his disciples by the way that they loved. And the same is true for our lives. Other people will know that we are Christians because the way that we love. So I try to be intentional about finding ways to love my teammates and love my coaches just as Christ has loved me. John 13 talks about how Jesus knelt down to wash his disciples' feet. This was a beautiful picture of servant leadership. I strive to serve others as Christ has served me. And finally, in James 1.12, it says that, Blessed are those who endure patiently through trials and temptations, for they will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. I am able to see trials and setbacks as opportunities to build endurance to build strength, and to build character, because ultimately I know that I am competing for an eternal prize. I'm able to keep my eyes fixed not on the things that I can see, but on the things that are unseen. And these are the things that will last forever. These are the things that give me purpose and importance and worth in my life. Now, I'm not perfect at living out my faith in sports. I slip up, I make mistakes, I'm sinful, and I am broken. But that doesn't mean that I can't strive to be intentional and strive to be a little bit better each day in the way that I live, in the way that I love, in the way that I serve. Thank you all for listening to the Prize Podcast. Tune in to the upcoming episodes to hear interviews with collegiate coaches and athletes as they share how they live out their faith in sports.